Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Tomorrow, fellow Midgardians, we are here to do a spoiler review for episode seven of season one of What If here on the Geek Buddies. Hey! Oh Perfectly. Yeah. What, what? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks. Really? You. Can you guys hear me at all, or what's going on here? Yeah. Okay, here you fine. I mean, I'm not quite sure what you what all you're saying, but uh, you go for it. You just uh, you came in, you came in hot like an Asgardian, and I guess that fits with this episode. So That's keep right. doing what you're doing there, Johnny. <laughs> Let's have some fun today. We're talking about episode seven, season one of What If. What if Thor were an only child? Dun dun dun. Uh, and we get into this. This show was pretty much a departure from some of the darker stuff that we've been seeing here since I think episode three in the, uh, in the what if series, which I was enjoying. I was liking the darkness and this was a complete like 180, more of a playful, relaxed, fun, lighthearted Thor adventure here uh, with just about every person from the uh, universe and the galaxy off of Midgard that we've ever seen. I don't think any Avengers show up in this one that are not, uh, from another planet or from another area or roam the galaxy uh, overall. So this was really fun. And just to let you guys know, we're going to break this thing down. It's starting off right now. This is your first of two spoiler warnings. We are going to spoil the episodes. So if you haven't seen it, go and watch it and come back and hang out with us. And uh, we should introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roke. I'm a writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and on the Geek Buddies. Mike? I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shannon. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the Goldbergs. That's right. And Shannon and Mike have both launched a new animated series called Strawberry Shortcake, amongst another, uh, amongst other groups of writers. Michael running this thing for sure, but it is out on YouTube for you all to take a look at. A few episodes have already dropped already, so go and take a look at that. Uh, but we're going to jump into this animated 
show for sure. Let's start, first of all, on overall thoughts. Michael, let's start with you. What did you think? Episode 7, as I said, a lot of dark episodes leading into this one. What did you think about this one as a nice change of pace? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the great thing about What If as a comic book and just the concept of What If is that you can kind of go anywhere. And so they really went, like to your point, we've gone heavy, we've gone dark, uh, we've had a light, light, some lighter episodes like the T'Challa as Star-Lord episode, yeah. but this was definitely the lightest. This was, we are going for all out MCU comedy. Um, and I think they really delivered. I mean, do I think that every single joke landed or every single thing was as funny as it could have been? Like, no, I mean, definitely the, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like the absolute funniest thing I ever saw, but right. I was getting a chuckle out of everything. I mean, as a Marvel fan, all the cameos were great. Uh, as a cartoon fan, I really enjoyed some of the, uh, sillier details. Uh, mm. most, most, most clearly, I think the biggest cartoon dork thing for me was having the names of all the countries on the countries as people were coming in. Uh, and that just gave you an indication of like what this, yeah. what the vibe of this one was. I mean, this was not one to take seriously. Uh, it was just one to have a lot of fun with. And I think that if you are a fan of the Marvel universe, particularly the more universe part of the Marvel universe, yeah. uh, this was just a joy to watch. Yeah, Shannon, we're, we're about, we've got two episodes left after this one. We had thought that maybe this was leading to an overall thing, but it, I wonder if this is like one of those episodes that once again is going to maybe be continued in the next season rather than uh, wrapped into everything they've laid the groundwork for. What did you think so far in the season? What did you think of this episode uh, as a whole? I mean, I super enjoyed this. This was Looney Tunes meets John Hughes. This is Thor Odinson's day off. I mean, I thought this was <laughs> I, I thought this was such a blast. Um and kind of on the heels of the Killmonger episode, which was pretty serious, um, I thought this was a good palate cleanser. I was like, you know what? The, the beautiful thing about this show is how different all the episodes have been. I mean, thus far, I think my favorite is still T'Challa as Star-Lord. And yeah. that one uh, was pretty light. I mean, that, I, those tend to be the stories that I think I gravitate the most to, even though Doctor Strange is probably right on its heels as number two. This mm. one was a blast. This one was just a good time. And... Uh, in terms of where we're going to go in the next two episodes, up until this point, I feel like all the things that we've seen in the trailers, except for one big, one big scene, I think we've seen almost everything. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, um, but they they have set up the end of this one sets up something, and the end of uh, the T'Challa episode sets yeah. up something so it will be curious to see if as you said do these carry into season two or are these carrying into one big ultimate blowout for episode nine yeah i mean i do i do think that based on some of the stuff we've seen in the various ads that have come out yeah um the the big ending of this episode which we'll talk about when we get there is definitely setting up the finale. I mean, the, okay. the villain that we see or the threat that we see at the end of this episode, yeah. uh, A, it's the first time that we've seen the Watcher be surprised by something. Yes. Um, and B, it based on some trailers and seeing some of the characters that we've seen teaming up and who they're fighting, this looks like it's who they're fighting. So I think this is the big threat leading into the finale. And whether we see some of the other things that we've seen from previous episodes like ego showing up or loki yeah. having taken over uh earth on the one thing like you know maybe we'll see some more of that but i definitely think this is teeing us up for a rip roaring finale at the end yeah. of this one yeah yeah i have to say i agree with both of you i like this one this was a nice change of pace 
This was a fun thing to watch in the morning, just relax and enjoying. And yeah, it's very old school cartoony. I almost expect, expected the Animaniacs to pop out halfway through. Like, not that that's under the same brand, but I just kind of half expected that. Uh, and to have like, uh, you know, Rob Paulson do the, the country song just to see the different places. <laughs> they were gonna go. I just wanted to see if maybe they were going to do that. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. I mean, this is, an, this is a mom and son story, which I think is really funny. Uh, and who isn't afraid of their mom, no matter how old you are, when your mom comes to visit or when your mom's upset? You know, you're like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. So I enjoyed that aspect of it all. And I really enjoyed how they played with Loki. And I really enjoyed how they played with Captain Marvel. Um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff was a little bit interesting. The Jane stuff, I don't know how that's going to be taken by some people. But we're going to break it all down and, and get into it. So just as a final spoiler warning, we're going to, you know, spoil the whole episode. So if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Come on back and pick up from where we left off. Let's jump into it right off the bat. Uh, the basic premise of this is Thor, who never learned to be a good hero, throws an out-of-control intergalactic party on Earth, a.k.a. Midgard. This one's directed by Brian Andrews and written by AC Bradley as well. All right, we start off with Jane and Darcy in their truck that we've seen from the first Thor movie there, monitoring alien activity. Darcy's trying to throw peanuts into a cup. Uh, which is a little bit reminiscent of Endgame with the uh, kicking of the, you know, playing the football there. But Jane is trying to get in touch with the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. after they notice something coming out into the skies, the anomaly there. Uh, and she gets hung up by the people over at S.H.I.E.L.D. Then she ends up talking to someone at the Parks Department, and no one seems to be giving her any kind of credit for anything. She says, we are too late. The invasion has begun. And sure enough, through the Bifrost Bridge, who shows up? But a Thor there in Las Vegas, not in New Mexico, in Las Vegas with the Lady Sif and the Warriors 3 hanging out. Um, and we hear the Watcher tell us that Thor in this universe does not have Loki as his brother. Uh, and uh, what that's going to lead to here, kind of giving us the premise of what this show is going to be, this episode is going to be about. Then we cut to Frigga, who is wooing Odin to his Odin sleep. Uh, and she's off to a solstice celebration with her sisters. And Thor is now left to rule as essence a pseudo king with Hemdell watching, which is a fun little moment. Apparently, Idris Elba, they're like, okay, we're not going to bring him back. He's not going to do any lines. We're just going to make Hemdall a thing, Heimdall a thing. Uh, Thor and his homies, we go back to Thor and his homies, and now a little more in present time of the episode. They are getting together to go party on Midgard. We come back to Vegas where we left off, and Scourge shows up through the Bifrost. Thor gives him a bear hug and a drink. Jane and Darcy show up with Jane using her equipment to pinpoint Thor as the first extraterrestrial who showed up there. This funny, playful music shows up as Thor goes into slow motion, and uh, Jane wants to make first contact with an alien. Hello. Darcy offers uh, Howard the Duck. Uh, oh, sorry. Darcy talks to Howard the Duck uh, and mentions uh, what he's going to And instead, he makes some kind of crack about brunettes, uh, which I don't know where that's from. <laughs> Uh, then we cut the Thor playing with some scrolls, which is really funny, him changing his face with the scrolls. And then Jane shows up. She introduces herself, uh, and he makes some crack about her being a tiny little person. Uh, and uh, she is taken aback to find out that he is the Norse god of thunder, Thor. Thor makes a crack about horse gods and about bringing the thunder. Uh, and Jane asks him about this, al this alpha star, Icarus's death. She wants to know how he could have killed a planet. He was partying there, and we find out later what happens with that. But Thor talks about Fandral disappearing for three days and ending up sleeping next to a goat that he named Gary. Thor is taken in by Jane's light box. They have an exchange about Jane being a genius and her eyes. And then we go into a montage of the Grandmaster DJing 
Thor and Jane dancing. Foam is released. Nebula and Korg at the craps table. Nebula rolling for a new eye. Volstrag, Drax, and Darcy and Howard getting married by Elvis, who conspicuously looks like Kurt Russell. And then Thor and Darcy getting tattoos of magic and science. All right, let's stop there. He has a lot to, uh, to consume here. Mike, let's start with you. What about this intro and then right into Thor and then all these and then like everybody in the galaxy is showing up to party in Vegas in all places. I just really enjoyed you going through all of that. That was that was very entertaining all on its own. I just I don't, I don't even want to say anything. I just want you to keep going. It was so much. Uh, no, I thought this was I mean, like, it was great. You know, like all like all of the what ifs, it kind of starts us off with like, you know, shot the same shot that we see at the beginning of Thor. We see yeah. Jane out there. You know, Eric Selvig isn't there. But like he is in the movie, but you know, we see kind of the same setup and then it just like veers into the what if part. And I thought the what if part was interesting, particularly because uh, if you watch Loki and if you're listening to this and you're a super nerd, I'm sure you did. You know, one of the things that Mobius says to Loki in I think the first episode is that uh, his purpose is to lose so that others can be the best version of themselves. Yeah, like that's right. kind of like what he tells Loki his purpose is in any reality. And here we see a version where Loki wasn't there to lose. And so Thor has not become the best version of himself. So I kind of thought that was an inter it's an interesting idea, you know, that like by having this awful trickster brother who you have this horrible relationship with, who's kind of the villain um, for a big piece of it, it makes you a better hero. And without that, just kind of being aimless, uh, I thought was a really, really interesting idea. Um, you know, and just like with uh, the, the Thor movie, Odin has put off his Odin sleep, which is basically like recharging your iPhone. Uh, he's been putting it off for a while because Thor wasn't quite ready. Similar situation right. here. I did think it's funny that as much as Frigga uh, was like, hey, you need to step up, that the second that Odin went to sleep, she was out too. Like, yeah. like she basically was going to party also. Like, she was like, hey, don't party. But I'm gonna go drink some Chardonnay with my ladies. I'll see you in a little bit. So uh, you know, like like mother, like son, I guess. Um, and then yeah, and then as soon as like the party does get started, it's just a Marvel cinematic blast to yeah. watch. Like it it it's hilarious. You know, Thor having the scrolls uh, do the Thor faces, seeing every character that we've seen have their little featured moments. Howard the Duck, uh, who is just you know owning these what if series like yeah. when he shows up it's just a blast and yeah his his comment because what is it uh darcy was like talking about how kind of kind of how hot thor was and she's like yeah you know like not like one of the freaks like this guy and he's like oh uh, look who's talking from a brunette i guess i guess howard has a thing for blondes um and Ask then just yeah. kind of going down the list <laughs> of every single character we see uh amazing super fun i like the moment with thor and jane foster where yeah. he calls her tiny uh just like he does in avengers uh when he tells calls all of the other avengers tony he's like you're so petty you're so tiny um but they end up bringing that back around in a really cute and sweet way near the end the whole concept of him seeing everything as little and tiny and beneath him yeah um and then we get to the whole montage you said and like i think jeff goldblum djing might be the <laughs> highlight for me like the whole him DJing, which if you were listening to it, was a remixed version of the Thor Ragnarok theme. Uh, and then when like the music goes silent and he just brings that mic in and he's like, release the foam. And the foam comes down. And I was like, A, hilarious. B, I wanted to be at this party. Like, no, I was doubt. super, super in. I was like, I am down to party with this whole crew. I don't care yeah. if the earth is destroyed. I'm going to go out with a bang. Um, so it was it was just like like you like we were saying like 
not a lot of high stakes here. Uh, you know, the biggest stakes are, are these aliens going to fucking trash Earth? Right. But uh, but f- hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, agreed. Shannon, what stood out for you from this opening all the way up until uh, we have the uh, tar- the tattoos with, uh, with Thor and uh, Jane? So right off the bat, the Bifrost kind of energy hitting Vegas and you see all uh, all of the tourists and the locals kind of step back in shock and you see the Elvis impersonator go, holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that this guy stayed in character for such an unprecedented event, I was like, that's really funny. I actually went back and turned the subtitles on. I'm like, I just want to clarify that the Elvis impersonator did say, holy moly <laughs> which i thought was so freaking funny going over and then you you know seeing what uh what asgard looks like without low yeah. presence i mean as odin is going to sleep and they've got that great kind of chorus in the background that we saw kind of saw in ragnarok when they're doing the loki play i mean thor looks he looks bored i mean he just just kind of like all right and he's out and i thought it was funny that frigga yeah as soon as odin's asleep She's going to go hang out at her sister's. And yeah. this in, this universe is really interesting because uh, on the surface, no one, the only difference is that Odin gave Loki back to the Frost Giants. Right. That apparently in this universe, no one has to fight. Everybody yeah. seems to get along. The Asgardians, the Skrulls, the Grandmaster, the Ravagers. We end up seeing the Sovereign and the Frost yeah. Giant. Like, yeah. everyone gets along. I mean, even like the Warriors 3, it doesn't really seem like they know how to fight that well. Right. Because everyone has gotten along. Which I was like, oh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Darcy's uh, 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 numb de plumes for... for <laughs> Thor, the uh, hottie McScotty, Beachbody Ken, old school Abercrombie catalog. <laughs> I, I thought again. I thought the, the I thought the comedy writing was very very funny. And Cat Dennings, you know, she can deliver a joke. Um, the moment that we have the foam party, the fact that, that, that Jane and Thor get opposite tattoos. There's a there's a Vegas marriage between Howard the Duck and Dartley. Everything right off the bat, I'm like, oh, this is really funny. And if you look in the background, you can see all these fun cameos um, for characters who might not necessarily have a lot of dialogue or have any dialogue, but you can see like, oh, there's Mantis. Oh, there's Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah. yeah just just a blast. I thought this was so much fun. Well, I mean, amongst the Easter eggs here, you have the the pineapple shirt that the guys wear. One of the guy, one of the Vegas people are wearing. It's the same pineapple shirt that Korg is wearing in Endgame when they go visit Thor. Um, you've got to, they walk by the fake Infinity Gauntlet when they're about right. to head out, right? And then, and then the um, the Elvis impersonator looks so much like Kurt Russell, which I think is an homage to Kurt Russell because Kurt Russell's first role on screen was kicking Elvis Presley in the shin in the film. It happened at the World's Fair, or in the World's Fair, and then also played Elvis Presley in John Carpenter's biopic. There was a TV movie. And of course, three thousand miles to Graceland, and but numerous other things. So it's so perfect to have the Elvis personator look a little bit like Kurt Russell as an homage. Um, I think there's another Easter. Oh yeah, the Easter egg with the Billy Goat. Apparently, that's a story from 1988 in the Thor comics with Fandrell, and he went with a goat to go take care of something in a universe. So it's interesting the little things they throw in here amongst all the great cameos. You're right. Apparently, this is the butterfly effect. Him taking Loki sets the gal the universe into disarray and war, 
him returning Loki apparently is like what sets everything right. So what an interesting or, thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. everybody just, you know, like it's like when you go to a it's like when you go to a high school party and like, you know, you hate yeah. the other person who's at the party, but like you put it yeah, we put it aside for the party. I think everybody was like, Maybe we do fight in real life. Maybe we have some shit that's going down, but Thor's throwing a party on Midgard and it's <laughs> gonna be a good party. So let's just cool it and have some fun. Truce. 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 All truce. Right, let's go truce. Truce. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. So after this, and by the way, I think the magic and science is a, is a reference to one of Jane's lines in the one of the Thor movies where she says magic is just science. We haven't explained yet. Thor, 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 oh, says, Thor says it. Okay. Yeah. The whole the whole thing. Yeah. The whole the whole concept of Thor, which I think like they've done a really good job. I, I remember when the first Thor movie came out and they were like, these aren't the Norse gods. They're aliens. And everyone was like, wait, they're aliens. How is this going to work? And I just love that now, you know, 10 years later, uh, Asgardians are aliens and it totally works for us. But yeah, Thor's whole thing is like, uh, you know, you guys have this distinction between science and magic. And for us, it's one and the same. It's the same thing. And so them having the tattoos was a cute little nod to that. That's great. Yeah, that's absolutely right. All right. So it's the next morning um, <laughs> after this massive party. Uh, Jane is woken up by her phone. She does not want to pick up her phone. We're seeing various, um, how can I say this, various aliens species strewn about the room there including a rocket in a bathroom sink i hadn't even seen rocket raccoon at all at this party but there he is in a bathroom sink uh a brock rumlow of all people crossbones is knocking on the door there to try to get to jane good to hear frank grillo especially after uh, shannon and i went to see cop shop it was nice to hear frank grillo's voice but he's knocking on the door so and eventually jane opens the door uh before he comes barging in and it's for maria hill uh, Jane looks to see that all the Asgardians are lying about a hotel room, but uh, Maria wants to talk to Jane about her warnings of an extraterrestrial threat because she was the first person to notice it. Uh, they want to help uh, her, or they want her help to eliminate this extraterrestrial threat. Uh, Maria tells her about uh, Korg knocking out Nick Fury, going for a cannonball in the fountain, which is why Maria Hill is uh, the acting director of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. We cut to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s helicarrier. Maria's asking Jane what she did uh, after she tracked down the uh, origin of the extraterrestrial anomaly. Uh, Jane sheepishly smiles because she most likely slept with the anomaly. Just then, Agent Coulson informs the, it comes in and informs him that Thor's party atmosphere is spreading to other parts of the globe. Uh, Thor <laughs> is in the skies now. Jane asks if he left a note. Uh, Maria says he's in Paris because one of his bros was jonesing for some crepes. Jonesing, jonesing for some crepes. crepes. Rumlow comes in with the quote-unquote last resort. Jane is nervous about this last resort. We find out it is Captain Marvel's beeper. Uh, we cut the Thor, as, uh, as uh, Shannon or Michael mentioned here, taking pics with Aisha of the Golden and other people as well. Loki shows up with the Frost Giants. This is an awesome. I loved this moment. Loki showing up full-on Frost Giant form big massive he looked great and it was awesome that they got tom hiddleston to do loki throughout this season it's been fantastic to hear him doing loki i think it was great and this is the first time we've seen him obviously because in uh loki we in the tv series we saw a version of him as a frost giant there right. uh and they have the brother conversation and they, and they initially like you know give each other a little bit and you're thinking oh man are they going to be enemies and stuff and then you realize oh they're just they're just bros giving each other crap and they call each other brother from another mother. And they even do a little like, woo, brother, woo, weird stuff. I think that's just awesome. Uh, suddenly a boom is heard. They make a joke about the uh, boom. Loki is, Loki is making a wish on the boom. 
and it's Captain Marvel. Uh, uh, Captain Marvel has a banter with Thor about him leaving the planet. He tells her to buzz off, and she punches him a couple times. Thor uses his hammer, knocks her into the stratosphere, to the UK, to Stonehenge specifically. Thor <laughs> when, I saw, when I saw it, it like flat and it said United Kingdom, I literally just like spit out my coffee. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Thor shows up and um mess and totally knocks over Stonehenge after Captain uh, Carol Danvers was making very sure not to knock it over. <laughs> Thor, ever the impish guy right now, knocks the whole thing over. And then so she knocks his butt to the United States, to the American West there, and they go back and forth. Uh, the Thor sounds, I put this down, the Thor sounds as he's getting punched is funny as hell. Uh, and Captain Marvel's not affected by his lightning. They battle into the skies over some tropical oasis. Uh, and I don't know who is sitting there reading the book. And I, th- I thought that was Frigga, but maybe not. Uh, and they fight until they end up all the way back in Paris, which is where they were. Thor puts his hammer on her and she can't move, which is interesting because has he... Curse the word. Has he put the worthiness curse on the hammer? I don't know. Calls her a party pooper, and the crowd joins in, calling her a pooper. Uh, Shannon. All right. <laughs> so much here uh, to jump into with uh, Maria and the last resort. Captain Marvel coming in, uh, and then uh, the crowd turning on Captain Marvel, for God's sake. Well, when Maria Hill says she's trying to poop the party, (laughs) which she says she's the acting director and immediately you hear that like, oh, this is a new position. This is temporary. Like, oh, no. What happened to Nick Fury? Is he dead? No, he just got blown to the side by by Korg, who was doing a ball cannon. Um, So, again, so freaking funny. And Coulson's appearance on the helicarrier, how he delivers that line so straight, like, the, the party atmosphere is spreading, even to Pennsylvania Dutch country. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just just a just a solid, solid joke right there. Um, when we see Loki, again, I think the whole episode's like we're waiting for the turn. We're waiting for this sharp 90 degree right turn when things get serious and you realize they're actually brothers from another mother. Right. And then the whole the whole booming, the sonic boom of like, hey, did you boom? No, no, you, you're the one who usually booms. <laughs> I want to say Captain Marvel threw the first punch. <laughs> so that was, that was, the, I was just like, okay, you know, you, you chose to escalate this and ultimately- you chose violence. She, yeah. she chose. She chose violence. The negotiation term was was very very short. She may have seen that she was probably getting nowhere with his lug, yeah. Um, but yeah, agree with Mike. I mean, getting knocked from country to country, and you see France, UK, the United States. Um, <laughs> the fight between the two of them is awesome. I mean, it's you excellent. you yeah. you 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 get a sense of the tension in Endgame when she shows up. And they're kind of sizing each other up, like, all right, who would who would win here? Um, the thing that I really, the, the joke that got me the hardest was, he's like, you know what you are? A potty pooper. And way in the back, you hear one guy go, oh! I did hear that. <laughs> Which made me laugh so, so hard. Again, the, the comedy... The comedy just keeps being built upon. And even though, like, I understand Vogel's Vogel's point about like, ah, oh, maybe this is just we're all getting together just to have a party because Thor's, you know, we know Thor's a good time. The yeah. fact that the Sovereign, who based off of Guardians 2, do look down on everyone so much and they were there, arms around his shoulders, and like, I feel like everyone just gets along in this universe. That's just my guess. 
Let me tell you guys something. Let me tell you guys something that you might not know. At the end of this episode, we see Korg with a pacifier in his mouth. (laughs) Yes, we do. Now, all I'm saying is, I've been to lots of parties. I've been to Burning Man. If there's pacifiers in the mouth, there's 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 some substances on the table, and those substances are gonna make everybody get along. That's all I'm saying. This was a fucking rager. This was a rager, and they're all gonna wake up the next day and be like, "Oh, I forgot I hate that guy." But you know what? We had that great talk by the fountain. I really revealed some stuff about myself. I've been well. I haven't been to this party, but I have been to parties at Burning Man that come close. Mm. I've been to parties outside of Burning Man that come close. I tell you that. That's so, I've been to some parties with Roca where he. Well, that's that's for another that's for another episode. Yeah, that's another that's another show. What if? Um, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, Michael, what do you think about all this? I mean, you know, this is Thor. This is Thor in full like bro mode. Oh, yeah. Frat boy party bro mode, knocking over Stonehenge, getting into it with Captain Marvel, putting his Thor on her, and getting the crowd to turn on her. This is like a a terrible 80s film or a funny little 80s film. She even calls him Whitesnake, which I think was hilarious. We got some good ones. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Well, first of all, I want to say, like, props to whoever wrote Maria Hill in this episode because I like like Colby Smulders as Maria Hill on the MCU. But one of the things I love about Maria Hill – in the comics is she is this intensely capable person who is always like, fuck my life. Like her entire existence in the Marvel universe is like, what the fuck do I have to deal with now? And like, she has this sort of put upon, oh God, what are the mutants doing now? Did they fuck with time again? How many times have I told, like, do we, can we get a handle on Cyclops? Like she's really, really funny. And this version of Maria Hill in this episode just had this sort of like, Oh God, it's a fucking alien kegger. Yeah. What are we gonna do? And she was and Colby Smolders did a great job kind of delivering some really funny lines in this. Um Rocket passed out in a sink oh might be my single favorite image of this entire episode. Yeah. Um and then when you flash back to Nick Fury, I love that he calls Thor Spicoli. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it's like, like they, there's that thing that, like, Robert Downey Jr. sort of started yeah. right around Avengers, whether it was Joss writing it or whoever did it, but it's that I'm just going to start throwing out references as I'm describing you, and I love that they kind of picked that up. So the Spicoli reference here, Captain Marvel calling him White Snake, like, it just, it, it's a very specific MCU joke that just yeah. keeps on giving. I also love, if you go and watch it, and it wasn't the second time I watched it, I am 100% sure, like, when Nick Fury is talking to Thor, and he kind of looks at him, and he's got his martini glass, and he raises it, yeah. some animator was like, I'm going to do the Leo meme from Ga- Great Gatsby. Like, it is, it is exactly, it is exact. I went and, like, looked up the gif, and I was like, yep, that's it. That's it right there. Um, Loki showing up totally amazing the brothers yeah. from another mother bit like i just really liked that vibe i like taking the i guess kind of to shannon's point like let's skip over all the bad emotional shit we have to get through and just have thor and loki be besties and it was really really cute and then yeah the captain marvel thor fight was it's that awesome thing that you can do where as funny and silly as this episode is you then get to have this knockdown drag out superhero battle that they really delivered on Um, In addition to sort of going from country to country, I also love that when they did get to the United States, 
Uh, Thor fell down in the middle of the desert in a giant cloud of dust straight out of a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner. Yes. Like, it was literally, they're like, you know, I think we're just going to do the Wile E. Coyote moment right here. Um, and then you have this super badass battle that like yeah. really just goes on and on and on. And it's like a super awesome set piece. And I think that it was really cool that like, they were like, let's do really funny shit here, really funny shit here, but then have that Captain Marvel versus Thor and kind of get to the point where you're like, yeah, these two are evenly matched. So yeah. if you ever see this in a serious context or a whatever context, like they've sort of now answered just how powerful the two of them are. Yeah. And and I was having so much fun watching that fight. And look, I'm no anime expert, but I saw people on Twitter making references to it, this being a bit of a Dragon Ball Z homage that the way they were fighting felt very yeah. similar to something you might see in Dragon Ball Z. I have not seen Dragon Ball so I'm not going to take credit for any of that. Just saying that I've seen that and I could see the comparisons for sure. And of course, remember Stonehenge when uh, so uh, when Helvig was running around there crazy half naked with his like uh, thing there. Remember that was the beginning of Thor Dark World, if I remember, or Selvig rather, running around there yeah. uh, with the uh, with whatever contraption he was carrying there throughout. So that was a nice little reference as well um, from that. So, all right. Um, all right, let's move on here to the uh, rest of this thing. Here we go. Uh, let's see. We go back. Uh, where are we? Yeah, we go back to the helicarrier. Uh, Maria is upset that Carol was not successful in stopping Thor because apparently the Amber just went back to the helicarrier. She reveals that if she used her full powers, People would die on Earth if she was actually going to be able to use her full powers from the, just the after effect of it. Uh, Darcy fangirls all over Carol Danvers, and Jane gets a call from an unknown caller. It's Thor. And he wants to see her again. He assures her that he didn't destroy that planet that they were talking about. He says it was a meteor, and it was already dying. They just helped it along. Uh, and they hang up as Jane blurts out that she loves him after one incredible night, apparently, in Vegas. And she's totally embarrassed by it. Uh, Jane goes back to the conversation with Maria and Carol uh, and Darcy. And uh, uh, apparently they are approving this plan for Carol to lure Thor to the Mojave Desert or to Siberia to, quote, kaboom his ass. Uh, and uh, Jane is not happy about the kaboom. And Maria thanks her for her expertise and drops. And she would cut to shield dropping off both Darcy and Jane back at their RV or their truck. Jane calls Thor, but Loki picks up and asks if she has a friend. And uh, accident. And when uh, Darcy, or when the Jane goes, just, just put Thor on the phone, he accidentally drops the phone. I love the sequence of the cell phone falling all the way down the, side, the length of a giant. That was just brilliant. Uh, and it shatters it. Darcy suggests calling Thor's mom as a playful suggest, like, well, it's too bad we can't call his mom, which gives Jane an idea because she's like, if he's part of the Norse gods, then he eventually figures out Ma, his mom must be Frigga. Uh, and we cut to Surtur, who apparently is seducing the Statue of Liberty, uh, taking the power out. So we go into this montage. Korg, Korg is doing the robot. And Thor, saying, Thor says he's going to slide down the Sydney Opera House. And just as he's about to do it, uh, he is intercepted by Captain Marvel. Uh, Jane calls for Heimdall, and she is taken away on this Bifrost after they find a way to do that using her light box and the truck. Uh, Danver toss, Danvers tosses Thor to Siberia. Jane talks to Heimdall about Thor. We cut to S.H.I.E.L.D. arming the nukes in case she gets distracted. Jane shows up to talk to Frigga about Thor just as Maria is about to launch the nukes. All right, let's stop here. All right, let's just stop here because there's a lot more to go, and I'm just going to wait 
for that <laughs> next section to do that because I'll just run out of breath for God's sakes. All right, so what do we think about this? Jane taking control of this situation now, going out to his mom. We got Thor, keeping we got Surtur messing around with stat, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, we got this idea that they want to blow him up, that they're actually setting up a sequence. And this is what you spoke about earlier, Mike. So I'm going to go to you first here. Like Maria Hill, as you said, in the comics, very put upon. Here, she is making these strong decisions about what to do. She is not hesitant at all here, Mike. Maria Hill going... Why the you're supposed to be amazing? Why weren't you amazing? What yeah. it really? She was just like she's like what the what what the fuck? And I particularly <laughs> love when the when like when they found out that her cat's name is Goose, and yeah. then Darcy comes in with the Top Gun, and then Darcy goes, "Ooh, Goose, does that make you Maverick?" And she goes, "Was your ego writing? Or was your was your ego writing checks that your skills couldn't cash?" And Captain Marvel says no, right when Maria Hill says yes. She's like, yeah, <laughs> yes. And I was like, this, this, is, this is gold. And yeah. then, um, you know, the Natalie Portman doing the, all the Jane bit, I thought Jane was so adorable in all of this. And when yeah. she was like, okay, bye, I love you. And it was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had that moment. I've, 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 accidentally, I've accidentally done that once or twice. I get, I get that feeling. Um, and then, yeah, going into this whole... Uh, montage where like ever like Surtur and the frost giants and everybody are just trashing earth oh my god uh, when Surtur <laughs> says to the statue of liberty i've got a crown too and we both like fire am i right it's like okay get it buddy like just every single thing was just like more and more it was like it was almost like they were trying to push it to be like how how ridiculous can we actually get with yeah. this yeah and they really really went for it uh all really good stuff, uh, you know, just kind of getting Thor up to Siberia. And then I just kind of love, like, you know, they did, it was a really good job of sort of, like, upping the tension and the pacing, because you're like, okay, Thor to Siberia, uh, Jane to Heimdall, Thor, you know, Thor and Captain Marvel fighting, Heimdall to Frigga. Like, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And you really, uh, it was nice kind of getting the pace up there at the end. Yeah, uh, Shannon, I mean, this feels, remember, remember that film Project X? This feels like Project X. Like, the, this is one... Yeah long ass party that's going into the daytime as well from the night it's still going and you're right they are wrecking this hotel room that is earth uh, uh, Mike, that's absolutely what's happening here and no one is stopping them like there's no army rolling out there's no like weapons being drawn nothing they're just tearing this place apart uh and jane is so desperate to make them stop because she's afraid that they're actually going to try to kill thor because uh, she does uh, have feelings for him after one night with him, and uh, so she reaches out to try to get to Frigga. Uh, did you were you along with the for the ride through this whole sequence? And did you believe Jane could actually get to Hemdall and get to Frigga? Well, you know, Jane's two appearances in the MCU and Thor and Thor: The Dark World. We've seen mm. that Jane is in, she's incredibly smart. Like yes, yes. you know, she she is a genius level scientist. Yeah. So the fact that the military response after throwing the human version of a nuke at something and it doesn't work, the military response is, all right, let's just throw more. Let's throw yeah. actual nukes this time. And that the human response, by way of Darcy, who who was her uh, Jane's intern at this point, who's yeah. closer to college, like, what's the first thing that's going to break up a party? Somebody's mom. Yeah. Like, that's, that's so incredibly smart. And Jane putting together, like, okay, if, if Thor's real, that means his mom is real. That means this 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 gatekeeper who can hear everything is real as well. So the, the fact that she builds this incredible speaker system to reach out and yell to Heimdall and then he hears her, brings her up, shoots her back. I mean, 
yeah, every I was along the ride the whole time. And again, this this is Looney Tunes. I mean, this yeah. is this is this is John Hughes's Looney Tunes, yeah. um, which which I I thought was just I, I thought was just awesome. Um, the the goose moment was very very funny. Yeah. Um, and I, and is this also when they go back? Is that is this when they go back to Vegas and Howard sees Darcy and he's like, well, 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 yeah. if it isn't Mrs. The Duck. <laughs> <laughs> The comedy across the board is great. And even though, like, it's crappy we didn't get to hear Idris Elba's incredible voice coming out of Heimdall, the, the purpose he served with just these looks, these quick these quick push-ins on his eyes, I thought was completely in tone for this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah. Other, the other thing I just, as we were talking about, I think, one of the things I actually think I really enjoyed about the way they played Jane uh, as, as Shannon was talking about just how smart she is, which she absolutely yeah. is, is I think it's fun to show a female character who can be both smitten and the genius who solves the problem. Like right. I think so many times it's like we get into these situations where, oh, well, this is the super smart uh, girl who isn't going to put up with anything and isn't going to do this. Or I'm the girl that falls for the big hunky jock and I'm kind of silly and dumb and whatever. And I think it's really nice to show, you know, first of all, this this uh, episode throughout, like just had a bunch of great females all being great female yeah. characters together. Like when you're watching yeah. Maria Hill and Captain Marvel and Darcy and Jane all like being like, how are we going to solve this? It really is showing that, like, uh, not that Marvel always gets it right, and they could definitely do more with the representation, but they they took the female characters they had and really highlighted them to the uh, in a really great way in this episode. And it was just fun watching Jane be brilliant and giggly at the same time to me. Yeah, yeah, and let's not leave Selvig out. She calls Selvig to help her build right. what she's building, so I didn't want to leave him out. But yeah, this is this, this occurred to me too as I was watching it a second time. Although the impetus for everything is Thor, the frat boy Thor, the male, um, it is the ladies handling the business here and trying to make this uh, all like trying to solve, put this thing to bed and and stop him and kind of uh, figure this whole thing out and making some really strong decisions throughout. And uh, let's pick it up from where we left off. And one of those strong decisions is Maria arming the nukes. She's going to launch these nukes. Uh, as Captain Marvel is gearing up to punch Thor, and Thor is spinning his hammer. So we got ourselves a heck of a showdown going on. And who shows up but Frigga in an apparition? Frigga says she chastises Thor. He explains uh, that he came down to Midgard for a cultural exchange. I, I'm not partying. Uh, I'm, I'm in my room. And then we hear a polar bear, and Thor knows the whole uh, Frigga says uh, that's great and that she is cutting her vacation short to come see what Thor has learned here on Midgard, uh, which drives Thor, which makes Thor absolutely insane. Then Frigga disappears. Maria stands down with the nukes with a smirk on her face and Captain Marvel wishes Thor good luck and says, if I were you, I'd start cleaning from the corners in. Which is really funny. I mean, that's a fucking great line. Uh, it's, it's a spear. <laughs> it's brilliant. So the ladies know, like, mom's coming? Oh, we're out of here. We're good. You're in trouble. We don't need to be handling you right now. Your mom's going to handle business. Uh, Thor flies to Loki and uh, sees them using the arches, the St. Louis arches, a slingshot, which I think is hilarious. Uh, then and he tries to stop them. He says, you know, like, we got to put this thing in. My mom is coming. Uh, Drax throws up and passes out right next to Thor, right on cue. Loki won't stay because he's like, that's not my mom, which is a nice little reference to the MCU. Yeah. 
uh, disappears with the Frost Giants. And then everybody, we see Yondu, Drax, the Grandmaster, Topaz coming by in the Scoot Scoots. They're getting out. Nebula saying, oh, shit, my dad's going to find out, and she's getting out of here. But <laughs> just as everybody looks like they're – because that's what happens at a party. You should know this. When you throw up – people aren't going to stay to help you clean most of the time. Thor uses his power of the lightning to boom his voice out to say – to let them know that Frigga is coming – so they all like are they all like are scared of Frigga. So they all get to work putting everything back the way it was. And by the time Frigga, and it's, so it's great animation of Frigga going through the, yeah. the bifrost, which I think is awesome. Uh, Frigga shows up, and Thor is teaching a study group there. Everybody's sitting there Indian style, like they're in kindergarten. Uh, learning is magic. That's what they say uh, to uh, Frigga. Uh, and Frigga's just not convinced. She's not saying anything. She's just staring at Thor. And then Captain Marvel, of all people, shows up with her own light box to participate in this ruse with podcasts and PBS specials about Earth civilization. Um, and then uh, just then, uh, just then uh, Thor's hammer shows up and it is it's had its own ride. Mjolnir has been partying on its own with beads and uh, some sort of boxer briefs and writing all over it. <laughs> And that pretty much exposes Thor and what he's been doing here. And uh, Frigga, I think, kind of handles business. There we cut to Thor showing up to apologize to Jane with flowers uh, uh, and saying that although you called my mom, I'm not mad at you because it was the right thing to do. Uh, and Jane and he, Jane essentially kind of takes him to task a little bit in a playful way, saying that you need to respect me. You need to kind of you know, take, ask me out on a date. And so he does. He asks her on a date, knows exactly where he's going to take her. She says, yes, come back and pick me up at 8 p.m. Then we pan out to the watcher. The watcher says, well, blah, blah, blah. And they lived happily ever after. And just then some aliens show up and the watcher literally goes, wait, what? And is completely shocked to see these uh, kind of things show up. And all of a sudden it looks like what I've seen described uh, in a number of places as ultra vision has shown up here uh possibly so shannon what a hell of an ending what a hell of a funny way to to wrap this thing up very 80s comedy with mom showing up and everyone being on their best behavior what did you think of all of this uh with frigga showing up here to kind of wrap this up so first the Goldblum line we're keeping the scoot scoots i follow ashley bradley on twitter and she tweeted out that line was an ad lib by our very talented scratch actor, Derek Petropolis, oh. um, which scratch actors, for those of yep. you who don't know a ton about animation, scratch actors, uh, temp in the dialogue during the storyboarding process. So the fact that this guy just uh, just on a whim said this line, that they're like, that's funny. We're giving that to Jeff Goldblum and it made it in. One, Jeff that's Goldblum's awesome. hilarious, but also fantastic for Derek Petropolis. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's just great, quick, humorous thinking. Um, the the because Hogan brings up Frigga at the beginning. He's like, oh, you know, Frigga, you know, we don't want to get in trouble with Frigga. And the fact that when Thor yells out to everyone, my mom is on her way. It's like Odin and Frigga are the mom and dad of the universe yeah. in this universe, yeah. um, which, again, leads me to think that everybody gets along. Everyone is aware of, of the consequences if Frigga has to come in and clean up. Right. Watching, like having that 80s party, you know, cleaning up scene, cutting to Frigga in the Bifrost, just so, so smart, so much fun. Um, you see Surtur kind of try to weld the, the Statue <laughs> of Liberty's arm back on, 
And then when it looks like they've gotten away, again, straight out of a John Hughes movie, Thor gets the hammer and you see some of the evidence of the party that happened. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I, I, I could see where some people would be like with Jane Foster, like, ah, she, she gets a little too smitten, like, does that kind of like take away from her character? But as Vogel said, she's so freaking smart. She's the one who saved the day. I mean, yeah. she saved the she saved the day with the Earth not getting nuked because she, she used her intern's advice and like, let's call his mom. Yeah. That's that's the thing that's going to work. And I love the fact that they used Natalie Portman. Like for all of the audience that's watching mm-hmm. the show that might not be ensconced in the geek world like we are, this is reminding them that this character exists because she's yeah. coming back in Thor four again. Everyone in our sphere. We all know that. Like, like yeah. after Comic-Con, when they announced her coming back, we're like, oh, that's amazing. They're going to use the Mighty Thor storyline. She picks up Yolner. Like, that's fantastic. But for the audience at large who might not follow everything as closely as we do, this was a really smart move, giving her such a prominent role. And the fact that Natalie Portman came back to voice, uh, voice yeah. the character, fantastic. Um, yeah, it seemed like, okay, everything's great. Everything's fine. And then that portal opens up, and you see all those Ultron bots yeah. with – vision all infinity stoned out yes i mean this was again this is teeing up for something really really fun that as vogel said seems like is going to be the finale but we'll see yeah listen you know we're three dudes talking uh and and you know but you can also say that it's okay to have like different kinds of women in this in the show like different kinds of women in this episode You've got Ka- Carol Danvers is different from Maria Hills, different from Darcy's, different from Jane, different from Frigga. Like that's you've got five different types of approaches to this, and for Jane to be a little bit, bit smitten and people get upset about that, I, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It isn't like she's the only female character in this episode. There are so many, and she's smitten. She's in love. So's Thor. Thor's the one that goes to her and apologizes, and you know she says, "You better respect me. Take me out on a date. Show me some." And, He's like, absolutely. I know exactly where to take you, blah, unicorns and blah, blah, blah. So, like, he's he's learned his lesson. So, even in this universe, Thor is capable of changing, which I kind of like as an ending for this. Michael, what did you think about this final sequence here with Frigga showing up and the uh, the jokes all around everybody trying to fix everything before mom gets mad? Yeah, it's all really sweet and fun. Now, before, before I get to that, I just want my final Maria Hill bit is, and I literally, the second on the second watch, just, like, lost it is when she's going to shoot the nukes and I think yeah. it's Colson's like wait what about Captain Marvel and she's like she'll be fine. Yeah. She does not like Captain Marvel. She's like I don't really care if we nuke Captain Marvel. Yeah. She was supposed to save the day and she didn't. So, I think we just got to do what we got to do here. Chips are going to fall where they fall. Uh I love this Maria Hill. I want more of this Maria Hill. Um, but yeah, you guys are right. I mean, you're sitting there watching it. It's the ending of Adventures in Babysitting. It's the end of Weird Science. Yeah. It's the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, mom is coming in. Everyone's doing what they're doing. Gotta save, gotta get there just in time. And that's what this is. It's that super sweet John Hughes ending. Um, I also really, really liked, like I was saying, you know, he calls Jane tiny at yeah. the very beginning. But when Captain Marvel brings uh, the light box, brings the iPad to him, uh, he looks at it and he says, so tiny, but it contains so, so much. Mm -hmm. And like, look, this episode is really here to make you laugh and be like a fun 80s romp comedy thing. But just like a John Hughes film, the reason that we still watch John Hughes films today versus other 80s movies is that there was actually this little bit of heart and sweetness. And like the idea that he that Thor kind of came to Earth as this backwater place that Heimdall's not going to watch and looked at everybody as these tiny little things that weren't important 
And then at the end, through the iPad says, oh, so tiny, but it contains so, so much. You see that like, that's some sweet growth. Yep. Uh, and then even the moment with Jane, look, she didn't marry Thor after a right. day. Like Dar Darcy's Darcy got the problem. Yeah. She went and married the duck. But like, <laughs> the ending of this movie, just like a John Hughes film, it's like, there's, this is the, I went and partied and I hung out with this chick who was really hot and I had a really good time and we had a one night stand. And because I'm an irresponsible person, that's probably all it was going to be. Right. But the arc for Thor at the end of this movie, which is literally straight out of an 80s movie is, hey, you wanna go on a date? Right. And that's great. Like that you had this whole adventure and you got Thor to like, let's go on a date. Like it's just so, so sweet. Um, and then I'm wondering when he's talking about the planet with the unicorns who do everything, yeah. I was like, this is either a planet unicorn reference, uh, yeah. the YouTube, the, the internet series, but also because they also say teaching is magic, which is just a hair's breadth away from friendship is magic. I'm like, who on this show is a My Little Pony fan? Who, I, I think Thor is going to take Jane to Equestria. That's my head. <laughs> And then, yeah, you just, and then you, so you have this fun John Hughes, Marvel Universe, Looney Tunes episode, and then you get to this ending and yeah, the watcher kind of giving you the happily ever after and then hitting the wait, what, which shows that like the watcher who knows everything didn't know this, which kind of is a great indicator that this is definitely the big issue. Like he knew that Loki took over this planet. He knew that like ego picked up Peter Quill. This is outside his frame of reference. Right. And when you really look at it, uh, I like Ultravision. I hadn't heard that. But yeah, if you think through like what we know from Age of Ultron, and it's going to be really interesting to find out next week, I'm assuming. But like in Age of Ultron, like Vision was supposed to be Ultron's impervious body right. made out right. of vibranium. So right. like it looks like in this universe, Ultron perchance like did succeed yeah. in putting himself into this body that had the mind stone, uh, did succeed in wiping out all of humanity and creating like a planet full of Ultrons uh, because he had the mind stone, realized that there was other stones out there and maybe collected all of the stones he needed to defeat Thanos before Thanos could do what he wanted to do. And now this is like the ultimate, you've got Ultron body, vibranium vision body, yeah. all of the infinity stones, showing up like it's almost like ultron kind of took over one whole universe and was like oh there's more universes let me just go do this and the idea that like it seems that they're teaming up like an ultron that can jump through the multiverse and destroy everything in every universe yeah. is probably a pretty solid threat that you want to uh, gather the guardians of the multiverse to stop him so you know i know that we haven't seen I was kind of looking at like the whole, all the posters they have and like all the footage that we've seen. Like we still haven't seen super badass Gamora. We haven't actually seen Gamora at all. We've seen Nebula a couple times now. Um, and I think like Black Widow is in there too, but yeah. the Black the only Black Widow that we've really seen uh, dies in yeah. the episode, like Hank Pym kills her. So there's two characters that look like they're part of this whole multiversal thing that we haven't really met yet. So I'm actually really curious to see where they come from as well. Yeah, and look, you and Mike, you and Shannon can speak to this, uh, you know, as well. Like, people are maybe don't like like right now. The episode is six point seven on on IMDb, and I, like you guys, we were talking about before we started. Some people have been upset about this episode. I don't like this episode. This is an entire season, and so when you're constructing an entire season, it's some it's it's kind of I don't know how can I say this correctly, but like 
you want to construct that one episode where we take a little bit of a break before all the shit goes down. And it feels to me like this is what this episode is. We had a bunch of darkness. Let's lighten it up a little bit because we're about to go really into some knee-deep dark shit in eight and nine. So it's a smartly placed episode. You may not like the episode overall, but it is smartly placed for what is about to come to kind of cleanse your palate a little bit and then get into this stuff that's happening next two episodes, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think part of the issue, not I wouldn't say the issue. I think the where what if diverges from what if you're a Marvel fan and you're all about the cinematic universe and we talk about this all the time like yeah. part of the fun of Marvel is the connections and how one thing relates to the other thing and this person in this movie showed up here but this leads to this and this end credit scene means this is happening. And right. so there's this momentum and like the shows are the same way like with WandaVision, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, with Loki, it's like each week it's like oh fuck, there's a reference to this and what does this mean and what does this mean? And right. so what if works exactly the opposite each week is a self-contained story new characters new world new universe and even though each one kind of ends with a little bit of a cliffhanger we don't know where that's going and then next week that cliffhanger doesn't matter because we're into something brand new right and so i think when you're watching this and you kind of love how everything is connected the fact that you're watching this week to week and things aren't as connected and then you have this episode that is just kind of complete silliness um i can see how that might be like, oh, I'm frustrated. But, you know, it's a bunch of silliness that then ends with the giant threat. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. do think that, like, Absolutely. once these – and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that once these next two episodes come out and you see sort of how the whole season comes together, I think a rewatch of What If uh, is actually going to be really fun to see oh, yeah. all the little pieces that built to whatever they're building to. Or maybe it won't, and I'll be completely wrong about that. But I think I'm probably right. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the joys of uh... – doing that MCU rewatch show that I do with the Lady Outlaw is having to go back and revisit these films after everything has happened has been a real joy. And so, yeah, yeah there's a, there's, you can just relax and just like kind of catch things that you wouldn't catch. You maybe slip by you or that maybe you didn't understand that they were laying the groundwork for to happen later on in these movies. So the same thing could happen with what if that's a great point, Mike, uh, once it's over to sit back and rewatch it and kind of catch all the little hints that are being laid out for this overall story. Shannon, any final thoughts on this episode as we uh, wrap up this review? I mean, I just hope we get the uh, franchise crossing short of Darcy talking to Jessica, Jessica Rabbit, asking how to make an interspecies marriage work. Uh, I, think that, I, I think that'd be a good little 10-minute story. Wow. All right. All right. Or maybe Leah Thompson's character shows up. Howard? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I loved, I loved that Howard the Duck movie when I was a kid. I loved it. Oh my God, I loved it. So weird. It's so weird. Yeah, weird's another word. That's a weird, weird is a word to use for sure to describe that film. Bad. We were, we were at a, we were at a, at a less judgmental phase of our uh, relationship with movies at the time, John. I think Mike and I were probably like eight when that came out. I was at that age, I was at that age where... Every movie that I saw, if you asked me what my favorite movie was, it was just the last movie that I saw. Like, what's the what's your favorite movie? Howard the Duck, like Gremlins, yeah. like Goonies. Like, it was just always, it was like whatever that one was. And I think my dad took me to see Howard the Duck. I don't know what was going through his head as we were watching the movie, as Leah Thompson is sleeping with Howard. But, uh, but like, I came out and I was like, to me, that was like a full superhero movie. I was like, it was awesome. He's from another planet. And then the guy was a scientist and the giant monster and he had to fight the monster. Like Now I'm like, oh, Jesus, God, what is this movie? But I was into it. Yeah, fair enough. 
All right, there you go. A nice little mini review for Howard the Duck. <laughs> God knows when. I remember what year that is. Anyway, all right. Thanks so much for watching the spoiler review episode here of What If. This is episode seven. Now we got two episodes left in the series. We'll be back. Unfortunately, Emma Fife at the last second couldn't join us. She's got, you know, she's got so many new responsibilities with this new job of hers. We scheduled this time. Unfortunately, she couldn't join us right at the last second, but we wish her the best. We hope she'll come back, hopefully, over the next two episodes and we can make this happen overall with her as well but thanks to these two gentlemen i appreciate it madly shannon what do we have to tell them yeah it's like follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you would like to follow mr vogel it is at mk2 and if you would like to follow mr roca it is at the roca says mikey um i've been to a lot of parties with these two gentlemen <laughs> and i've got and i got all the stories I could tell you stories that would that would shock the grandmaster. I got I got all these stories about these two. So if you want to hear these stories, uh, you got to keep watching Geek Buddies. And here's what where's, you can do to help us continue to do it. Where's that button? Where's the Definitely subscribe to the Outlaw page below. Uh, hit the like button. Leave us some comments. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Was this one not your favorite? Were you not vibing on the comedy? Were you super into it? Let us know what you guys thought. If you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, uh, retweet this video, post it on your socials, and let everybody know to come hang out with the Geek Buddies. There you go. And let's be clear, Johnny and I have our share of Vogel stories, too. Oh. So if we, st if we start all, horse training I mean, here. First of all. How much time First of all. <laughs> Geek Buddies after dark. Geek Buddies after it's dark. Perfect. It's perfect. Chapter one. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. Thank you all so much. And uh, we'll be back. Remember, our main show is up now. And we'll be having, uh, uh, we'll be keep doing these uh, spoiler reviews as we go along. And we're negotiating right now a Star Wars Visions review. So look for that possibly coming from us as well. So thank you all so much. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new review or a brand new show here from the Geek Buddy. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.